0: Welcome to Dirty Drinks, where infectious disease and infection prevention professionals get together and talk about everything dirty that keeps them up at night. Join co-hosts Dr. Rick Starlin and Sarah Stream as they talk to other professionals about the dirty things that they think about every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dirty Drinks. We are starting season two.
1: All right, season two. We we took a little break. We we kind of got a little busy, uh, stuff going on, but we wanted to come back and keep things rolling along.
0: Yeah, it's it's never ending, isn't it? We get busy and things just don't happen.
1: (laughs) You would think with uh, COVID tapering down that things would have got less busy, but that just did not seem to be the case. It seems like our old jobs came roaring back.
0: Very true. We have important jobs, though, so just going to throw (laughs) that out there.
1: I guess, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So what's new with you, Rick?
1: What is new? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, with uh, employee health stuff, COVID coming back down has been a lot better. So we've been doing, you know, a lot of uh, onboarding of uh, new uh house staff that start here next month which is always fun that was um, always a bit more complicated during covid when you couldn't see people in person and everything else um we've been doing some uh, fun stuff with our research crew here at unmc we've been doing some stuff with the uh Biocontainment unit in terms of uh, more training and fit testing and everything else. So we're still keeping busy, plus, you know, patient care and everything else that just keeps trucking along. How about you?
0: Oh gosh. It seems like the dental program has just been exploding over the last few months. So that's been awesome. We've been getting into a lot more private practice offices to do ICAR assessments and um been able to do quite a few educations for the dental community. So that's always fun.
1: You were just at a conference. Did you have some posters?
0: I was just at a conference. I was at the OSEP mm-hmm. conference late last week. Um, I did not have any posters to submit this time. I was just there um I guess for fun. I I consider it fun. I don't know if anyone else would consider going <laughs> to a conference fun, but um learned some fun things and got to network with a bunch of other dental infection control people. So it was great.
1: What's kind of coming up in uh, dental IP that uh, was presented at the conference?
0: I was really surprised to see so many people from public health there this year that didn't have any experience in dental. There were quite a few States that were, wanting to start a dental infection control program that came to learn about it. Um, And quite a few of the states that I have talked to through ICAP that, you know, wanted resources or tools. So it was very cool to meet them in person and um, see that they were so committed to bringing dentistry to their state. Um, Other than that, not too much is new and exciting. I learned that um, the hepatitis B requirements have changed this year.
1: For for dental?
0: Um, just in general
1: for healthcare. Oh, really? Yeah. What changed?
0: There was an update. Um, there was an update on the testing recommendations for healthcare workers. So if they hadn't had a, a primary series yet, on the testing cadence and what all was supposed to be involved in that. So I have yet to look it up and really dig into it. But it's always mm. fun to, to have updates.
1: It is, it is. Uh, yeah, we were just at the Antimicrobial Summit for ASAP uh, on Friday, which had some interesting uh, Uh, speakers and uh, just good conversation in in general. It was a a good conference.
0: Yeah, I missed it because I was in Tucson.
1: I know. I know. It was was pretty good. There was some interesting talks. Uh, There was a real interesting one that um, everybody that we spoke with uh, mentioned as one of the highlights uh, at the beginning of the show was a PhD sociologist who talked about Kind of um, stewardship and how to approach stewardship from a sociologic point of view, and based on, you know, knowing your audience and who you're speaking to and how you expect to re- be received and prior feedback maybe from um, others. And so it, it's interesting to, to hear kind of the other side of it. You know, we, we're on the side where we mostly are giving the advice and trying to... Uh, help from that front, but being on the receiving side is a whole nother uh, angle to the whole thing.
0: Yeah. So it was more like a a communication type.
1: There's a lot of stuff about communication, yeah, and how you communicate things and, and everything else. It was very, it was a very good talk. It was very interesting.
0: Awesome. Well for everyone out there, um I missed the summit, but Rick was there and was able to record some interviews. So our next episode, I get to edit those interviews together as kind of an antimicrobial stewardship summit review episode. So I'm excited to listen to the interviews and see what I missed.
1: Yeah, it should be fun. It was uh, it was fun sitting there and, and having people come up and talk to us and, and everything else about... Uh, their experiences. We had, you know, several people from UNMC, but we had several people that were not at UNMC as well that came up and spoke with us. Uh very nice of them to take some time. Uh and uh, hope you all find that interesting. Yeah,
0: that'll be great. Season two, episode two.
1: There you go. Done. There you go.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned some research that you have going on. What's going on in that realm?
1: Uh, research wise, yeah. So, I mean, most of my research has been in non tuberculous mycobacteria with um, Dr. Van. I'm pretty excited about some of the things that we're trying to get accomplished now going forward. Working closely with some of our uh, uh, pulmonary specialists and their whole team that specialize in uh, bronchiectasis, trying to get our clinics coordinated a little bit more closely working at the same time so that the patients only have to make one trip and they can see multiple providers and multiple um, uh, uh, visits within the same day, you know, so not just coming back piecemeal, one day to see the ID doc, one day to see maybe the respiratory therapist, one day to see pulmonary, another day to get their CT scan, etc. So that's pretty exciting. And we've got A few studies that we're doing in the non tuberculous mycobacterial world, which are, are, uh, you know, always takes time to get patients in. And the studies are long because the treatment is long, but we keep adding growing numbers to that. Um, And hopefully the synergy working with the pulmonary team will lead to more research that we can continue to try to help people with these complicated medical problems. So that's kind of mostly what we're doing on the research front right now from clinical research. I'm also trying to do some retrospective stuff, looking at uh, our service line and community and telehealth, infectious disease, how we're impacting care of people in those two realms. Uh, and so hopefully more to come with that. From the employee health side, we're looking at a couple things with needle stick injuries, trying to see how the pandemic impacted Needle sticks. You know, everybody was uh, short staffed. Everybody was in different PPE than what they're used to. Um, you know, maybe there were uh, people that were working in a COVID ward area versus not a COVID ward area. Uh, there was a report out of um, uh, another location that indicated that they thought that needle sticks based on their experience increased during the pandemic. So we're going to go back and look at our experience and try to sort through that. There's also been a lot of, of information going on with uh, TB testing during the pandemic and um, IGRA testing being maybe not as reliable with many uh, later reversions. And so uh, working with Dr. Berlita on uh, on that and looking at those a little bit more closely on our um, employees through employee health. So lots of things going on.
0: That's super cool. You're a busy guy.
1: <laughs> it, keeps me, it keeps me out of trouble.
0: That's always good. <laughs> um, so I have a question for you about non-tuberculosis mycobacterium. In the dental realm and dental unit water lines, there have been quite a few outbreaks of um, mycobacterium mm-hmm.
1: Um
0: which is not something that I have much experience with outside of, you know, researching these outbreaks. But can you explain to me, like, I've heard it's really bad, but I don't know anything about it.
1: Yeah, so um, mycobacteria uh, species will inhabit pretty much anything. So there's a, a species that will live anywhere. There's a, around 200 uh, species that have been identified and named, uh, and they fall into the realm of non-tuberculous mycobacteria, which basically means they're not in the mycobacterium TB complex group, or and they're not micro. A Bacterium leprae, um, uh, or leprosy, essentially. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of uh, them otherwise. And they live, you know, various places in the environment. Uh, some of them are more likely to cause disease than others. Uh, the Mycobacterium abscessus that you're talking about is a group of what we call rapid growers, which is a little bit of a misnomer because they don't grow as quickly as regular bacteria, but they grow faster than the other Uh, Mycobacteria, thus they got the name Rapid Growers. Um, And so it's Mycobacterium fortuitum, Mycobacterium colone, and Mycobacterium abscessus. And there's three different species of Mycobacterium abscessus that uh, impacts a little bit of how we do therapy on them if we break it down to the species levels, but most labs don't get down that far. So most of the time, the rapid growers cause infections, skin and soft tissue infections are the most common ones that we see locally. Um, Certainly, uh, mycobacterium abscessus is notorious for causing pulmonary infections, which can be quite severe and difficult. Um, They can also cause infections related to things that we do and put in people. So um, so the rapid growers are are known causes of central line infections, for example, Um, they can also cause infections on devices that we put in like in the abdomen. I've seen horrible mycobacterium abscessus* infections related to those kinds of things. Um, and, and so they can infect pretty much anything. Um, so any, any kind of a line, they, the, several of them like water, you know, they live in dirt, soil, uh, anything. And so I imagine, uh, with a, uh, In a dental practice, you know, where you have a dental line that injects with a fair amount of pressure, Um, you know, the problem is you may have some bleeding with the treatment as well. And so uh, we actually have seen a a guy that got a mycobacterial infection after uh, had a high pressure water jet went through his calf. Um, And he ended up, it basically sounded like it was a through and through injury in his calf and got debrided and cleaned up and everything else. And then he started having this infection all up and down his calf and had um, a mycobacterial infection. They they like to get into fatty tissue and vascularized tissue and then just uh, start spread. They can fistulize and tunnel all over the place. So it's a very difficult infection to deal with from that standpoint once it's uh, in place. And so frequently when it's not a lung infection, although sometimes with lung infections as well, you have to do a combined approach with uh, broad multiple antibiotics, as well as surgical debridements that may require several of them uh, over the course of treatment. So very difficult problem to deal with.
0: That's interesting. And it makes a lot of sense. The there were two big outbreaks from actually pediatric dental clinics. So kids that got sick Um, and they did what are called pulpotomies, which is basically a baby root canal. So they open up where the nerve of the tooth is and they went to rinse it out with the dental unit water. And that's how it was introduced. So they had, you know, fistulas in their jaw and a lot of them lost parts of their jaw and permanent teeth and had surgeries and had to be on, Tons of antibiotics and just terrible.
1: Yeah, horrible infection. Did they trace it back to something in the line then, or or what was?
0: Yeah, so in both cases, they traced it back to improper water line maintenance. Um, so dental unit water lines are known to have rapid biofilm growth, and if you don't, you know, disinfect and shock those lines regularly, you get some nasty stuff growing in there. So. It actually um, ended up changing uh, legislation in the state of California. The biggest one that happened was in California. So now during a pulpotomy, they have to use a specific type of irrigant during that procedure and not dental unit water anymore.
1: Yeah, there's been a a lot of stuff looking at uh, hospital ice machines. And as in the same realm, you just get uh, get biofilm and the the mycobacteria love it and and some of them can even call, uh do the uh live in the you know the cold atmosphere of an ice machine and so that's something that nobody ever cleans out right i mean it's, it's, it's they're just, so gross it's just there you know so they you know they've had lots of rapid growers uh with uh, with those and outbreaks related to that uh, so it's just uh, it's going to be a growing area where we see problems as we kind of get better at dealing with stuff with you know, regular bacteria and whatnot. And the more we look for mycobacteria, the more we're going to find them.
0: Yeah. Did you, did I misunderstand or did you say that mycobacterium abscessus was fairly new?
1: No, mycobacterium abscessus is not new.
0: Oh, okay. I thought I heard you say that. It,
1: it's, been it's
0: been around. It's been around yeah. the block.
1: Yeah, it's probably the, locally it's the second most common non-tuberculous mycobacterium infection we see after mycobacterium avium complex, which is a, another complex of of uh, several different species of mycobacteria that mostly cause pulmonary disease. That's what we see mostly in our non-tuberculous mycobacterial clinic, especially if it's lung disease. However, um, we certainly see a fair amount of abscessus, which is our least favorite to have to try to treat because it can be extremely complicated.
0: That's unfortunate. We need to get all the dental clinics to be monitoring and cleaning their dental lines
1: regularly. Yes, we do. You guys are doing great work. So what are you guys doing in the, in your dental uh, plan here? You guys are going out and doing ICARs and helping these uh, clinics uh, kind of work through these sorts of problems, right?
0: Absolutely. Um, we've been getting into more private practice, which is great. I think we're starting to get our name out there a little bit more. Um, it's been kind of difficult because when private practice hears we're from the state, they think licensure, but... We're non-regulatory. We're, we're the good guys. Um, but yeah, we go in and do these infection control reviews for them and just kind of take a look at their practices, uh, give them the resources they need to overcome whatever barriers they're facing. Water lines are always a big one. Um, I'd say a lot of offices have a water line policy, but they're not putting that into practice like they should be. So Um, just trying to get, get everyone informed on the bad things that could potentially happen. Um, And it's really, it's kind of frightening because like the two big outbreaks, one was in California and one was in Georgia. The only reason that they were identified is because they had multiple kids present with, you know, these awful jaw infections and an ID physician put the, put them together and they went out and investigated. But if you have a one-off infection, that might not happen or, you know, you know, you never know because our patients generally aren't informed enough to know to report something like that back. Um. So, yeah, you know, I've seen, I've seen offices that have their dental units still plumbed into city water with no, disinfection no testing and they've been plumbed for years and years and years I don't even want to know what's growing in those water lines (laughs) (laughs) sure there's some nasty stuff
1: yeah I mean I imagine dentistry is a bit different than uh, medicine from the standpoint of is we have hospitals that have you know big uh, systems set up and, and groups and you know, plans that involve infection practitioners and physicians and non medical people, and, and there's whole teams that go through all these things. Whereas with dentistry, you know, I mean, there's not too many big dental hospitals that uh, probably look at that. A lot of them are are smaller offices that maybe have you know one to four dentists and maybe a bunch of hygienists and everything else, and then that's that's just them and that's what they do. And so to reach all of those people is probably difficult.
0: Yeah. Um... I think last time we checked, there were over 800 dental offices in the state of Nebraska. And we've been to about 30 of them so far over the last seven years. So um, we're starting to make a little bit of a dent in getting out there. I think one of the biggest challenges is um, just legacy education, I'm going to call it. <laughs> um, there is no, there's no licensure requirement for dental assistance in the state of Nebraska. So they could potentially be working at a grocery store one day and then be in charge of infection control the next day at a dental office. Hmm. And if the person who is trading them is not up on their infection control requirements, then it's that legacy education that gets passed down so, um, yeah. If you're listening to this podcast and you have questions about infection control, please reach out to us. I'm happy to help.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. What kind of barriers do you guys run into when you try to get into these offices?
0: Um, a lot of a lot of offices will say, well, we don't need your help because we're already doing everything we should be doing. Um, there are a lot of states that requires cdc recommendations as law which makes it a little bit easier because you can go in with those recommendations and they know they have to do it but um and then i think another another big barrier we run into is a lack of leadership support um you know the owner dentist or you know whoever is managing doesn't think infection control is something that should be at the top of their priority list so the staff doesn't get the support they need to be able to have an effective infection control program.
1: You, you talked about hepatitis B earlier. Has, um, do many of them have programs where they actually, uh, you know, verify protective titers prior to hire?
0: Not many. Um, well, you know, hepatitis B is an OSHA requirement to have that vaccine or at least offer it. Right. Um, but outside of that, usually it's um. We'll offer you the vaccine or you can sign this declination form, but I don't think I've been anywhere that does any tighter testing, um, outside of like some community health centers that are in with a medical clinic as well. It's the same thing with TB testing. I've never been in a dental office that's tested for TB. Higher, Yeah.
1: So um, do they actually have the vaccine to to offer, though, or do they make them go to their primary care?
0: They would go somewhere else for it, yeah.
1: So they don't offer it? Dentists,
0: actually, it's not in their scope of practice to give vaccines. Oh, really? Yeah. I know there were some, um, like during the public health emergency, there were some states that allowed it for the COVID vaccine. But I think since all of that has gone away, it's probably not happening anymore
1: interesting Mm -hmm. it would seem that uh you know if there was something that was protective that uh would facilitate and make it easier to get people protected and immunized that it would be something that uh, we should be in favor of
0: yeah i think i think it's a great idea um you know a lot of times people will go in for like their six month dental appointment, but may not go to see their primary care provider for a checkup for years and years, if they're not feeling sick. So, you know, even like the flu shot would be great. The HPV vaccine I think would be great Mm -hmm. because HPV prevention is something that happens a lot in oral health. Like that's a big campaign.
1: So Yeah, definitely. We we have to start pushing for these things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We need to get legislation going. That's going to be our next fight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who can we? Who can we talk to about that?
0: Oh gosh, I don't even want to get into the legislative realm. That's like way over my head.
1: <laughs>
0: so what well, else you, is
1: new? I was just going to ask you. What well, uh, I don't know, not. Not a whole lot. of summer, you know, so uh, try to do some summer things, I think, while we can.
0: Yeah, it's been, like, the weather's been great.
1: Except for dry.
0: Well, yeah, there's that. But it hasn't been too awful hot yet.
1: Nope. Nope, it's been good. It's been good. You guys doing anything in the summer with the family or anything?
0: No. um, We don't have anything major planned. Both of my Two of my kids are going on school trips this year. My daughter's going to Washington D.C. with her eighth grade class, and my son gets to go to Costa Rica with his Spanish class.
1: Oh, that sounds fun.
0: I know they get to have more fun than I
1: do. <laughs> That's always the way it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you have big <laughs> summer plans?
1: Uh, nothing too crazy. I don't think.
0: No, you were just on vacation, weren't you?
1: um yeah that was a month ago now already
0: oh gosh was it
1: yeah time flies right
0: it does where did you go
1: just to florida Ah. just kind of for a quick little getaway nothing too crazy nice are you
0: reading anything new
1: and exciting Mm, not really no nothing i haven't started anything new or exciting lately how about you
0: I started reading The Wheel of Time.
1: Oh, did you? Yes. It'll take you forever.
0: I know. I'm halfway through the second book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: 1,100 pages in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the whole series is only about, uh, I don't know, was it twelve or 13,000 pages or something like that?
0: Yeah. I bought on Kindle uh, the first four books together as a set, and it's 4,000 and something pages
1: yeah that sounds about right <laughs>
0: so, yeah it's good so far
1: yeah it is good it's good it's super complex it, it's uh very much it so. keeps introducing more people and more people and uh changes and it, it's it's so long that it's hard to remember things that happened back way at the beginning
0: yeah it already like from from the very beginning to where I am now it's already like there's been so much character growth and it's like not even the same story anymore. It, it's evolved so much. It's crazy. Yep.
1: It, it keeps doing that. You just wait.
0: <laughs> <Now> I'm excited.
1: <laughs> it's very good. The, okay. the The second season from the, the, the TV series is coming out uh, this fall, I think.
0: So how far through the books did the first season get?
1: I think it was just the first book. Just the first book? Okay. I think so. Yeah. Cool. It's been a while since I watched it now. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening in and uh, we'll uh, get the second season rolling here. Uh, As Sarah said, the first episode will be some conversations we had at the Antimicrobial Stewardship Summit. And uh, if you have any comments or would like to talk to us, please let us know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We would love to have anybody on as guests to talk about what they do. So
1: yeah, take care, everyone. Have a good summer.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. If you enjoyed this content, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to be a part of the conversation by following us at Dirty Underscore Drinks on Twitter. If you would like to share your story, reach out to us through Twitter to become a guest on future episodes. We would love to meet you. Have a great week and make sure to get your fill of dirty drinks.